Hey guys, it's Danielle. Welcome back to another Pure Root Wellness Podcast, the show that discusses natural and holistic approaches for optimal health. So join me down the path towards finding the roots to your personal wellness. Hi guys, and welcome back to another Pure Root Wellness Podcast. Today, the topic is right on time to talk about allergies. Um, I live in Michigan, so springtime is definitely a crazy time if you have allergies and the coughing, the sneezing, the mucus, all the good things that come along with um, the beautiful flowers and sunshine also bring a little bit of misery um, to a lot of people. So we are going to touch base on allergies and ways to kind of holistically and naturally help um, make the allergy season maybe a little less miserable for people and um, hopefully a little more enjoyable. So Let's jump in. The actual definition of an allergy is an abnormal reaction of the body to a previously encountered allergen introduced either by inhalation, ingestion, injection, skin contact, um, and it often manifests in a lot of different ways. You know, you have the itchy eyes, the runny nose, the wheezing, skin rashes, diarrhea, um, all of these kind of symptoms that come along with your body kind of naturally saying, hey, I've been exposed to something and I am now mounting a response to that allergen that kind of came into or on the body. Um, really, it's just a hypersensitivity to the reintroduction of an allergy as well. Um, but when an allergic reaction actually occurs, the immune system, again, misinterprets a normal non-toxic substance, again, grass, pollen, detergents, certain foods as a harmful invader. The immune system then actually responds or perceives this as a threat, I should say, and that's where the word allergen comes from. When they perceive this threat, a substance called histamines is then released from your cells inside your body. Now, the histamines produce a wide range of bodily reactions, and again, this is where you get um, you know, the respiratory issues, the nasal congestion, sometimes increased mucus production, skin rashes, welts, um, all of the really just not fun things that come along with these allergy allergens and the way your body kind of responds. So what is the root cause of having this allergic reaction or having allergies in general? Well, some people actually develop allergies to certain substances and others do not. And this kind of remains unclear. Um, there's not a real good kind of physiologic breakdown on why some people just have more profound allergies or just allergies at all compared to someone who may not have any um, or very mild symptoms. So it is thought that maybe hay fever may have a genetic component um, kind of within, you know, developing that. So if your mother or father had, you know, a pretty profound or pretty robust um, reaction to hay fever, there may be a good genetic chance um, that you also may have that same kind of uh, genetic reaction. But we do know that having excess mucus in the body um, can attract and actually store irritants more easily, and that stress and a de uh, depressed immune system may actually contribute to the severity of allergies. Um, so really when you're breaking it down, you know, genetics may be a form of a root cause, nutritional uh deficiencies definitely can play a part. Um, lack of exposure to germs germs as um, a child or allergens as a child has actually been, um, you know, the research is kind of showing that 
Um, having almost too clean of an environment is um, for a child is not really going to help them develop that kind of appropriate immune response when they are interacting with certain allergens, dust, pollen, things like that, dander, pet dander, um, later on in their life. So kind of having a little bit of that exposure at an early um, age is actually can be a good thing. Uh, poor digestion can definitely be a root cause of, of some issues and why you'd be so you know, kind of profound, having that profound allergic kind of response. And then limited diet with lack of variety can really aid in some food sensitivities or having some food allergens that show up kind of later in life. So more important, um, you know, getting that food diversity and and really getting a wide range of exposure to that food may actually help you um, growing up and later on in life as well. Um, in regards to allergies. Symptoms, we kind of already touched base on what symptoms will include, but again, sneezing, wheezing, itchy, runny nose, watery eyes, hives. Some people get tingling, um, edema or swelling, cough. Um, The real scary kind of symptoms and reactions that we always kind of fear are that anaphylactic reaction, obviously. Um, And those should be taken very seriously. This is not um, you know, when you when someone has an anaphylactic reaction to something, you A, never forget it, and B, um, you know, testing this and, you know, creating kind of a plan to, to I guess, treat or reduce the sensitivity that your body has to an anaphylactic anaphylactic reaction truly needs to be done under medical supervision. Um, It's just that serious. But, you know, people can get shortness of breath, nausea, vomiting, um, blood pressure changes, more so like hypotension, their blood drops quickly, loss of consciousness, and then very scary um, airway compromise where truly their airway starts to close up um, and we start having actual um, profound breathing problems. So testing is a big one. When we talk about testing for allergy um, allergies, there are a lot of different ways to test. One of the ways is called skin testing, um, which is kind of most common. There can be like the prick skin testing or the intradermal skin testing, um, which really this is the norm for any suspected seasonal, environmental, stinging insects, food, medication allergies. And really during the test, it's just they use the suspected allergen Um, It's positioned on the skin and pretty much after 15 minutes or so, excuse me, it's evaluated for signs of an allergic reaction. Um, The prick testing is just kind of what you think it is. It's a pricking device and actually places the allergen on the skin with the intradermal skin testing actually going under the skin with a small needle. Just ways to kind of, you know, see the response um, to the allergen and how your body actually reacts to what it was just exposed to. Um, The skin testing obviously is more common, but um, blood testing is also another kind of avenue I guess you can take um, for looking at what you could be allergic to. Now, blood testing, again, you know, it's kind of challenging. You A, need an accurate way to test the blood, and B, you need someone who is professionally capable of reading that blood test appropriately. Um, But truly, you know, the blood tests are really only recommended when patients really cannot stop using the antihistamine or other medications long enough um, for skin testing. So the blood tests are kind of a special way to see 
you know, do you have, are your antibodies, like your IgE is a type of antibody um, that helps really evaluate suspected allergies um, and, and can, you know, be accurate in some instances, but again, the test is only as good as the test you're actually taking and the person that's actually interpreting the test. And then food food challenges, um, drug challenges. Again, this is something you can kind of do on your own, um, you know, like a food diary or, you know, when you ingest a type of medication and you sit there and you go, wow, you know, or you took a bunch of medication in the morning and you say, man, I don't feel good or I'm starting to get itchy or, you know, I'm sneezy, I'm congested and you kind of start honing in a little bit by removing, you know, some of the medications altogether, removing some of the food altogether and really isolating that food and then really keeping a diary of how you feel after. It's really that easy. Um, You know, just a simple way to kind of see is your body reacting in a certain way to this type of product that you're putting in it. And then patch allergy testing. Um, really patients with contact dermatitis may benefit from this patch allergy testing and it can help reveal like an underlying trigger for the condition, which often produces symptoms after skincare products, wearing metal jewelry. Um, again, the test just requires wearing a patch with the suspected agent, um, like on your back or something for 48 hours. And, um, the skin is basically evaluated for like a contact dermatitis. So just other ways to kind of figure out and again, hone in on specific allergens. So what can I do from a nutritional standpoint then to help with your allergies? And when I'm saying allergies now, I'm kind of honing in and circling in on more of like seasonal allergies and the respiratory and nasal congestion and cough and mucus production kind of symptoms. So the first on the avoid list is really limiting mucus forming foods. And several years ago, I never really realized that there are a lot of foods out there that will trigger your immune response to actually produce more mucus in your body. And they do this from a protection standpoint, from a invader standpoint. Um, The more mucus they produce, the more they're trying to protect you from getting sick, getting a virus, a bacteria, um, you know, a fungi or something in your body. But sometimes the body can't differentiate between Uh, you know, a simple pollen in the air versus, um, or dander off of a dog or cat um, versus an actual harmful invader. So limiting mucus, uh, mucus forming foods include dairy products. Um, Milk and its derivatives like cheese, cream, butter, yogurt, all contain casein molecules, which stimulate phlegm production. Um, You know, dairy also, it's kind of a double, a double whammy. Dairy contains sugar that that is really called lactose, and that can further increase mucus secretion. So dairy products are truly on the top of the list for foods that need to be limited, if not completely avoided, um, in regards to mucus-forming foods. Um, Sugar is right there underneath it, and we kind of already talked about that. Uh, Red meat It's known to increase the buildup of mucus in the throat. This is particular in the case of high fat and processed meats. So looking at more organic fish, organic poultry may be a better option for tackling um, or preventing excess phlegm. Uh, Alcohol is a, alcohol and caffeine, I should say, are kind of big triggers in regards to mucus buildup. Alcohol 
actually triggers the expansion of blood vessels in your nose and sinuses. And ultimately, this increased blood flow can lead to nasal and sinus congestion. Um, In addition, alcohol can cause dehydration, which further increases mucus in the nose and sinuses. So alcohol is really kind of a big one, um, you know, in the essence of reducing that mucus production. Uh, Drinks that contain caffeine, again, black tea, coffee, soft drinks, accelerate mucus buildup. So looking at caffeine-free alternatives, decaf coffee, herbal teas to help really reduce phlegm. And then, you know, the other bad foods, fried foods, soy, shellfish, peanuts. These are all foods that truly have a pretty profound impact on how your body increases mucus production. What also is important is avoiding foods with natural histamines in them. So, um, you know, the histamine itself, again, to reiterate, is what is triggered by the cells to say kind of inflame, inflame, produce mucus, produce phlegm. That is kind of the communication or the trigger in the body. So avoiding foods that actually have natural histamine in, again, this was kind of new to me, learning that actual foods have natural histamine in them. Um, But I wasn't shocked when I saw kind of some of these on the list. Processed meats being number one. Anything processed as far as um, meat products go is just going to profoundly, you know, entail that histamine response. Um, vinegar, dried fruits, avocados, and tomatoes were kind of surprising to me. Um, spinach, mushrooms, eggplants, again, kind of shocking. The cheeses, the yogurts, the sour creams, alcohol, and smoked fish were also on that list as well. So I've kind of presented everything that you need to avoid or things that you you know shouldn't be doing. Well, what can I do to help then? Um, you know, where, where, what can I use and utilize to actually optimize less phlegm, less histamine production, and ultimately could aid a little bit in, in, you know, having such a miserable allergy season. The first one on the list is water, water, and then more water, literally to flush the system. If you, if you are having lots of phlegm production um, from the allergies alone, warm water is actually better than cool water, but water in itself will truly flush out the system, um, you know, detoxify and help really cleanse the entire cellular processes um, from having kind of that robust and, and profound response. Omega-3 fatty acids can actually help to reduce inflammation and, again, the production of phlegm. So you're looking at salmon, heron, tuna, walnuts, flaxseed, pumpkin seeds. These are all high-rich in omega-3 fatty acids and will actually help with that reduction. And then always fruits, vegetables, right? They're high in antioxidants, help to reduce inflammation kind of indirectly as well. Um, But other foods included garlic, celery, onions, lemon, parsley, all help, again, with mucus reduction properties or have those properties. What are some supplemental support? So supplements that can, um, you know, kind of aid in, again, less symptoms during kind of the allergy season. Uh, Butter burr was um, something that was on the top of the list within my natural and kind of holistic uh, you know, books that I read. Butterbur is actually a shrub. It's found in nature and can help. Um, what they found is helping really profoundly with allergic rhinitis or hay fever. 
Um, they ended up doing a random double-blind study of about 330 people and compared Butterbur to Allegra and a placebo. And interestingly enough, they found that both treatments were superior to the placebo and actually comparable to each other. So Allegra and Butterbur were comparable to each other, but ultimately provided better relief of symptoms than just a placebo alone. Um, so pretty cool, you know, and another study actually suggested that Butterbur was to be as effective as an antihistamine as Zyrtec. So, um, you know, I think it's something to mention and warrant. And, and, you know, if you're sick of taking your Allegra's and, and, you know, the side effects that come with that and what's in the pill itself and the preservatives, and then on top of the Allegra, you're taking the Zyrtec for the antihistamine effect. Um, Butterbur is something that you can consider as a natural way to help with their allergies. Uh, the only kind of caveat to Butterbur is the liver toxicities that can kind of um, ensue. So when you are taking Butterbur, it's very important to do it under kind of guidance of someone who is a naturopath or um, an ND someone who is understanding of the herb itself and can make sure that things, um, you know, that you're not developing a liver toxicity. Corsertin is also another supplemental support um, uh, supplement that has natural antihistamine effect. Um, Corsertin is very, uh, you know, user-friendly. There's not a lot of side effects that come with it. And um, it's pretty cool that it, it does have that property that can stop the histamine kind of properties that ensue again with the allergies that come about. Vitamin C, again, a natural antihistamine um, with its effects. So we always love that good vitamin C, something easy peasy that you can do every single day. Uh, methyl sulfonyl methane, MSM. This is something that I learned about a handful of years ago in kind of a different um, area of health. But when I started looking up allergies, this was actually um, higher on the list. So MSM, um, it's an organic compound basically that contains sulfur and it's naturally in the body and it occurs naturally in a variety of fruits, vegetables, grains, and animals. And typically it's put on either orally or topically, and it's used to treat chronic kind of musculoskeletal pain, osteoarthritis, joint inflammation, and exercise-induced muscle damage. can also help with hemorrhoids and rosacea a little bit. Um, but interestingly enough, there was a study out of Central Michigan University, which is cool, fire up chips, because I'm a graduate of CMU, um, that there were potential benefits of MSM treating allergic rhinitis and allergic sin sinusitis. And what they ended up finding was that MSM, the study provided significant relief, or at least the MSM product pr provided significant relief of allergic rhinitis symptoms in objective nasal obstruction measurements without the occurrence of adverse effects. So in a nutshell, the oral consumption of this product may actually reduce the symptoms and onset of allergic rhinitis without the side effects associated with standard care medication, which is really cool to think about. Um, so, you know, learning a little bit more about MSM and the benefits that it may have for people who suffer from pretty profound allergies is really something to keep in your back pocket and an option 
for you there. And then obviously probiotics for optimal gut health, digestive enzymes to help reduce the likelihood for like food sensitivities, you know, really getting that good foundational kind of gut health and gut immune, um, you know, barrier is something that will ultimately kind of in a roundabout way help with your body not respond, having that profound kind of inflammatory mucus production histamine response when they do encounter um, some of the allergies that come about in the environment or within um, food intake. So kind of a short and sweet little video or podcast, but I hope this was helpful and um, I hope you all are well and be well. Thanks for listening to another Pure Root Wellness Podcast. To learn more about ways to optimize your health using nutritional and supplemental support, visit my website at purerootwellness.net, where you'll find more videos and links regarding holistic approaches to your nutrition, supplement knowledge, and health topics. Be well, friends. The content distributed in this podcast is intended for information.